So now we'll come back to uh, a little thought that, um, that we share. You know, Jesus, Jesus lived for 33 years, right? Yeah, we kind of know the numbers a bit, right? You know, Sunday school, you know, 33 years. So maybe from the age of five, uh, just like how we do our... Um, so Jesus lived for 33 years, but every year after maybe the age of five, he would have had a moment like how we are having, a new year coming up. Just imagine a young child like Jesus growing up and they would say, you know what? The next year is coming. The next year is coming. His parents would have told him about the birth that has happened. You know, there's so many th- information that have been passed on to him. And he would have wondered, you know, at a young ch- as a young child as to what is coming up next. But there was something that, um, that I was going through. In fact, I'll be very honest. Today's uh, thought is not from... Um, from any of my devotion time with the Lord, it was during our children, our, during our family time, it was during our children's devotion time that the Lord spoke to me. So God can speak to us even from the kids' Bible. Okay? So God's word is that powerful. We're going to look at two verses. Two verses. One is Luke uh, chapter 2 verse 52 and Isaiah 50 verse 7. You know, I could read it out for you. Okay? Luke chapter 2 52 He says, then he went down. This is during the younger days of Jesus. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. Verse 52 says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Kids, you're listening? Okay, what are the three things Jesus grew up in? In wisdom, in stature, and in favor with whom all? With God and man. Every year, his mom kept all these things about, his dad and mom kept things about his birth, told him, but they noticed that this young boy was growing up in the wisdom, the stature, and the favor of man. And as Jesus grew, Isaiah prophesied that Jesus kept his face like flint to what God had purposed him for. You know, I think you've seen what, what a flint look is, right? Can someone show a really flint look? Is that? Like you see, you know, I love, I love sport and I'm very vocal about it. Um, you know, when, when two teams are going to play, okay, their faces are like Flint. They don't talk to each other. You'll see players, especially football players, you know, just moving around. They do the handshakes, but they're just like Flint focused. When, when young people are going to write exams, your face is like Flint, very purpose. When, um, when some of our brothers give messages, they're very much focused as to what your face is set like Flint. Okay, meaning you won't achieve what you are asked to do, right? And we've all got flint phases, right? We all do have that in different, in different parts. So Jesus kept his face like flint, as sharp as he can, was razor focused, meaning there's nothing that could deter Jesus from, from fulfilling what God has asked him to do. So for 2020, you know, two things I love about Jesus. You know, there's so many things I love about my, my, my Father in Heaven, but my, my, my Lord. But two things. He was obedient always to God. In 2020, I just want to encourage us as churches, desire, strive to be obedient to God. We'll go through it, okay? Second is he was flint-focused. He was razor-focused on his call. You know, Jesus was not only obedient to his parents at a younger age, but he was also obedient to whom? to God the Father, to fulfill the very purpose for him, for, for the very purpose that he was sent for. 
So what would Jesus like us to do to increase in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man? You know, I just want to break it down into three things. He was obedient. He was very much set like a flint to achieve God's purpose. But let us see what would Jesus like to do us with to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor. So these three things are going to be our points, okay? So we know what is wisdom, right? Do we? What, what could be a definition of wisdom, Shashank? Just um... Knowing what to say when, okay? I think, uh, Sujay, what is wisdom? What do you think is wisdom? What to? What to do when, okay? Any other thoughts, Sij? What do you think is wisdom? All of the above. <laughs> CJ agrees with, uh, with everything. That is wisdom. Agreeing is wisdom. You know, wisdom uh, is development of the mind, in fact. Okay? A mind, developing a mind in different ways that it allows us to respond in different, different ways and to be focused on what God wants us to do. You know, we think of knowledge. We think of literature, history, technology, math, music. We love the development of skills, of wisdom, right? We want to grow. We want to learn. We go to college. You know, we want to improve ourselves. We push ourselves. A continuous quest to improve our wisdom and to prove to others at work and at church Mostly in human standards that I'm smart, man. Right? We sometimes use our wisdom to prove to people that I know better than, than you. Right? Isn't that true? You know, I've arrived. Look at me. I'm the best guy for the job in interviews. You know, such wisdom without dependence and obedience to God can fail and can let you down. For sure. It can lead to pride and sin and failure and ultimately pain. You know, in scripture, in scripture, wisdom is defined as knowing God. Knowing and pursuing God and seeking Him first is real wisdom. You look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, when you have time. According to Proverbs, it says, Wisdom begins when we fear God, when we honor Him, and we worship Him in all matters of our life. Real wisdom starts to grow when we start to study God's word and applying that in every aspect of our life, including our personal lives, our family life, our church life, and our community life. Did Jesus have wisdom? He did. But his mind was set on things of God. He never uses wisdom to prove that that he was above God the Father, or to prove anything that was against the purpose God had sent him, but his mind was set on things of God like flint, and he ordered his Father in obedience. So strive, church, including myself in 2020, can we strive for godly wisdom? Setting our hearts of knowing God and seeking him first. Setting our hearts of honoring and worshiping him, and also studying of God's word. Can we try? Yeah? to gain for godly wisdom in, in 2020. You know, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 2 says, Seek those things which are above and not of things on this earth. And set your mind on things that are above and not on this earth. Desire for wisdom that will help you to know God. Fear Him and will help you being obedient to Him in 2020. God willing, if you try that out. You know, we cannot do this in the flesh. We cannot, we cannot do this in the flesh or by ourselves, but look to the author and the finisher of our faith, the Lord Jesus Christ. So the first one Jesus grew was in 
wisdoms. What was the second one that we, that we read in Luke 2.52? Stature. What is stature? Stature is basically the development of the body and reputation. You know, Saul had a stature that when he stood, they said he was one, yeah, a head tall or a feet above others. That means it involves stature, your posture, who you are, you know, um, and your reputation that comes through it. You know, we all try and we all try all seasons of our life to grow in stature through various stages of our life, right? Different stages, we try to push our stature a little bit more, a little bit more, and we try to improve our reputation. Do we all try that? Yeah, we try to play our cards very smartly, right? We also usually think about training for things like management, you know, going for sport training, music training, art training, vocal training, functional trainings, skill level trainings at work, theological trainings, public speaking, and various kinds of trainings. Why? To build our stature up, to build our reputation up. Sometimes we try to make a brand of our, out of ourselves, right? Isn't that true? You know, like we've got some great marketing guys over here, uh, brand builders, and, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's the greatest desire, right? To make that or you or a person looking greater than the one who's created him. You know, God has given us bodies. That's true. Um, but he wants us to see, he wants to see us thrive. But let me tell you this. Desire for stature, for acceptance and reputation for one's personal gain can lead into a sinful path. I just want all of us, you know, especially a younger ones to hear this out. Desire for stature, for acceptance and reputation for one's personal gain can lead into a sinful path that can lead into isolation and sin. Decision in relation to family investments with the stock market investments in various things, choice of studies, marriage, schooling, and lifestyle. You know, one, one person that we know who, who tempts us every day, what's his name? Yeah, he had, a, he had a desire for stature. He wanted to be like whom? Like God. Consider the fall of Satan himself. King Saul, Jonah, Peter, in fact, and the disciples' discussion always was, who is the greatest of all? Right, Jovin, in our, in our Thursday group, we've been discussing on this. He's been speaking to many of us. The constant question is, who is greatest among all? And Jesus is saying, what a wrong question, guys. It disconnected them from the greatest purpose God had for them. How many of you love basketball here? Yeah? Yeah, okay, we've got a few players over here. That's great. You know, this is what a famous basketball guy wrote, okay? He said, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I failed over and over and over again in my life. Guess who that is? Michael Jordan himself. Okay? Though Michael used all of this to push himself back into the game and to improve himself. You know, our bodies are not just for us and to build personal monuments like Saul and achievements for us. God is clear that our bodies and our reputations are made to glorify him. You know, 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do to build your stage and reputation up, do it for whom? For the glory of God. Can we try that? 
whatever we put at work at you know in our projects in our thesis in in our, in the ministries god has put few of us in or the whatever we do we don't build monuments for us but we build for whom we do it for whom for the glory of god you know look if you look at second timothy 4 was 11 um, paul describes john mark in his second letter to timothy and he says get mark and bring him with you he's very useful for me useful to me for the ministry look at the stature john mark had that paul says you know what i want this guy with me this young man with me because he has the stature and the reputation to help me in ministry jesus stature was so well accepted by god do we have proof Yes we do. You know God said that this is my son in whom I am well pleased. God is accepting Jesus stage and reputation. Jesus was not to concern what people thought but he was really concerned what God thought about him. You look in Revelation 5 verse 2. You know we love that great scene, you know the elders are saying holy 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 is the Lord God almighty and then we have the four living creatures over there. Now look at that. one of them should be one of them should be worthy enough to open the seal right but no one was worthy enough but the lamb to open that seal look at the stature the lord jesus had he was the only perfect lamb who could open the seal and the title deed for the entire world was given for him to open you know his stature was unparalleled even in the entire heavens godly stature church whatever we do whatever you and me do in 2020 can we pray that we would do it for whose glory for the glory of god and again coming back we cannot do it in the flesh but we have to look to our author and the finisher of our faith so we spoke about godly wisdom we spoke about stature and which is the third one the favor favor is primarily the development of the heart for god and for others you know we think about favor in different ways we usually think about developing social skills the lots of training and there's good money in such trainings right george so, you know soft skill training social skill training cultural trainings people invest a lot of money and in and companies send people for lot of trainings such as these why because to build you know to make sure that their person is much more better and in favor with the against the opposite competition you know there is social skills training mannerism self image you know just to find recognition but here here you go there's another thing manufactured favor is there where you do where you build favor which is actually not of god and which is not real but you want to get a job done and that happens quite a bit right that can happen in church that can happen in our ministries that can happen in various places even in the workplace manufactured favor is sin and can lead into sinful path that can create heartaches and pain in our lives and even in the lives of others and probably judgment from god himself again king saul tried to manufacture favor absalom you know what absalom did we know about absalom right he went to the gate and in fact he was a hugger like many of us okay but his his mind was something different he wanted to manufacture favor just to take over his father balam the prophet gehazi the servant of elisha judas iscariot and also ananias and sapphira 
You know, God is very clear that he looks at the inward part of a man than more than, more than the outward things of a person. You know, if you look at 1 Samuel 16, it says, For God sees not a man as a way a man sees, but man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. You know, unselfish love brings real favor. Do we really desire, uh, including myself as a church, that we want to be found favor in the eyes of God and man? You know, Jobin was sharing on Sunday, and he's touched various aspects of an expression of God's love. And it is not out of intentional selfish love, but it is a, un, it's an unselfish love and selfless love that leads us to find favor. You know, Jesus had favor not only with God, but also with man, right from the time that he came to this earth till eternity. Till, you know, till there's no time for when his favor would last. You know, if you look at... Um, the favor that God bestowed on his obedient son who became a sacrifice to the world. You can see it in Philippians 2 and it's a very common verse and I'll just read it out. It says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Of those in heaven, of those on earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, dear brothers and sisters, that is favor from God. You know, the three things that Jesus, as a young child, till his death, you know, he grew in wisdom, he grew in stature, and he grew in favor with God and with man. Can we try? Can we try for this where... We listen to the Lord, we are obedient to the Lord, we set our faces like flint to hear from God and that he gives us, by his grace, wisdom and stature and favor. You know, as I'm closing here, um, you know, in, in a minute I would request Ronnie and Jean to come up to lead the song. Um, I just want to encourage us to have an intentional obedience to God and setting our face like flint through whatever comes our way. We don't know what is there in 2020 for all of us. Even we don't know what is there for us in, as a church also. We don't know. But can we set our eyes on him? Can we set, as a church, I really request you that, can we do this? And even as I'm going to read out a few things, I request if all of us can close our eyes. And just reflect. If there are areas of if there are aspects of this message that God is speaking to any one of us or to us as a church, can we desire for intentional obedience to God just the same way Jesus did? In spite of everything that happened around, even the political scenarios that Jesus was in, even though they wanted to make him king, even though you know, he had uh, you know, a bunch of unschooled, untrained people who he trained up, you know, he set his face like flint to God. Can we strive for the next year towards godly wisdom? Each one of us, can we seek those things which are above? Can we set our, thing, our mind on things above and not on things of this earth? Let it be in decisions in relation to your, our kids' schooling or our marriage or who we are going to consider in marriage. Let it be in the ministries that we might be involved in. 
Can we enjoy his fellowship and intimacy by just studying his word and consuming his word and knowing his heart? Imagine applying God's wisdom in all that we do. We will always be on the fulfilling, winning side. Can we also strive to have godly stature? That whatever we do, eat or drink, or whatever we do, we do for the, we'll do it for the glory of God and not for us and not for man. That our conduct, our character, our interactions, our responses, even to our spouses, even to our children, even to members in our church, and even to people in the community, our stature would glorify God and people would see Christ in us. Pleasing God is eternally rewarding than pleasing man. And the third thing, can we strive towards godly favor? Favor that God would give but is not strategically or transactionally manufactured. That we would complete his joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. That we as a church and as individuals, even at church, even at home, with our spouses and our children, even with our bosses and our workmates, even at ministry, that we would complete his joy of being of the same mind. We would do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than others. Can we try not only to look, not to look for our own interests, but also for the interests of others? And as our music team uh, leads us into another song, you know, can we focus not on things of this world for our wisdom, stature, and favor, but focusing on things of God and what pleases God to bless this church that God has placed you in, to support the elders of this church so that they can continue the ministry and the teaching of God's word in this church, his people, his community, and even to our spouses and our children in our areas of influence, wherever it may be, pointing people back to Christ. I just want to tell you one, one more thing as we close. You know, these are all great desires, right? Jesus was able to do it, and, and you know, just the thought is, can we do this? In the flesh we will fail, but can we turn our eyes to the Lord and ask Him for help? You know, family, I'll tell you, you know, there are so many things that that I as a person, as a husband and as a father and as a brother to many of you have to, I, you know, I, I fall short in all these things. I'll be very honest. But in the flesh I will again fail. But can we as a church turn our eyes to the one who is the author and the finisher of our faith, the one that we adore, the one that we behold, the one who is ever true, that we would have a heart of obedience to God and set our faces like flint in 2020 so that God would bless us to have godly wisdom and godly stature and godly favor for his glory. Can we all rise up as our music team leads a song and then after that, Sergeant will come and bless this short devotion in us as a church.